Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. Today's episode is an interview with our Huron Bruce federal NDP candidate, Jan Johnstone. And similar to my last episode, we will discuss nuclear power in the proposed Deep Geological Repository for South Bruce. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for I'm doing this. Glad. That's pretty awesome. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just taking a few moments and introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay. So I'm Jan Johnstone, your NDP candidate in Huron Bruce. And I hope I can count on your support and vote on September 20th, which is like just a couple of days away. Um, I am the vice chair of the Blue Water District School Board, and I have been an elected school trustee representing the municipality of King Carden and the township of Huron Kinloss for over 20 years. Um, my husband and I, Gord, who worked at Bruce Power, um, raised three girls in this area and we've made King Carden our home for over 30 years and it, we just love living um, in Bruce County. I, my background is um, a social worker. I have a master's in social welfare policy and I have worked in both Huron County and Bruce County, uh, whether it was in health care, um, mental health or child welfare. Awesome, that's, that's uh, quite the mix of, of background there. Um, I myself also was a teacher for a little bit, so um, that is a uh, oh. working with children is a career path that I at one time was undertaking. I uh, did a little switch mm -hmm. there now. Um, I myself work at Bruce Power now too. Um, okay. But yeah, okay. I've done a little bit of a little bit of everything. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll kind of just jump right into it. Uh, the the purpose of this is a little bit outside of my normal zone of what I do. Um, mm -hmm. but, you know, with the election coming up and as I'm sure, you know, the DGR is a big, um, a big point of discussion in our area right now. So yes. I thought it was important to, you know, invite the candidates onto the podcast and just do a little quick interview about their thoughts on nuclear in general and the DGR, because those are big topics in our county. So I guess we'll just start with nuclear power in general. So like, how do you, how do you feel about the nuclear industry? Well, I'm absolutely very supportive. Obviously, my husband worked uh, for Bruce Power actually since he was 18 years old. He started out as a, a Boilermaker apprentice and um, finished, completed his apprenticeship. Uh, most of the work he, he did was actually building the reactors at Bruce Power. Uh, and then he ended up going back to school in the, in the 90s. And then he eventually... Uh, returned working at Bruce Power, um, more so in what we would call the, the technical, I think it was engine, electrical engineering technology. And he's worked at Bruce Power ever since. He also was a chief steward at Bruce Power, and he is also the former Great Bruce Labor Council president. Oh, so wow. We, yeah, yeah. So he's been a big supporter, not only of, of course, the labor movement, but um also the nuclear industry. Um, in terms of my, my beliefs all around nuclear is 
and I'm going to just talk about this a little bit about, you know, we call it the climate crisis. So the climate crisis remains one of our most urgent and, ext and extensional threat. And it calls on all of us to be courageous, to act decisively and be very accountable. And our future generations, which is all the kids in all our communities are counting on us to do so much better. So one of the ways NDP is about continuing with karma pricing, which makes it fairer and rolling back all those loopholes that this government has been given to big polluters. And we also recognize very much that carbon pricing won't be enough just to tackle the climate crises and that we also need much more further action. So when we, we talk about an NDP government, we want to eliminate all fossil fuel subsidies. And that's really important. So that would include not spending like $18 billion to support oil and gas exploration. But we also want to include um, reducing Canada's emissions by more than 50%. Um, from the 2005 levels. And this also includes making a, a very smart grid. Um, we also plan to do this while protecting our land and water and working with, in partnership with Indigenous communities. One of the main things is we want to create lots of good jobs in all regions with green infrastructure investments, and that ensures that working people are not left behind as the world moves to zero carbon economy. And I think this is really important because when the NDP talks, they're talking about zero carbon economy, and that therefore that includes a mix of, of any kind of industry or energy that, that creates zero carbon, and that includes nuclear. Yeah, I've, I've often seen, uh, well, obviously following my nuclear advocacy, I see all all sorts of party positions and things that, you know, are true or not necessarily true. You hear all the rumors. And I've always been under the impression that the NDP is not supportive of nuclear power. Well, you know, you know, and that might be a provincial thing from years ago, but I can tell you even the provincial NDP policy has moved to the, the idea and the of zero carbon economy. And when you look at it as a zero carbon economy, nuclear is right there and particularly in Ontario. And I can tell you, we have many new Democrat supporters, not only right right here and here in Bruce, but across Ontario that support nuclear. Um, and we realize that if we want to get to a zero carbon economy, we're going to have to look at all, um, you could say, energy sources, um, and energy sources that are green, and green is zero carbon, and that, of course, we're going to need all that mix. So whether it's wind or solar or nuclear, and particularly here in Ontario, because it provides, I think, I believe about 60% of our energy in Ontario. And the other thing, just to let you know, is I'm trying to think when this was, and it could have been, I, I, I'm going to think around 2015, but I actually helped tour Jagmeet Singh through Bruce Power. Oh, wow. So he was yeah, yeah. So that was during um, <clears throat> that. Um, I'm trying to think. He, that was when he was the deputy leader of the provincial NDP, and when they would tour different NDP MPPs, Bruce Power would invite me in to be a part of the tour because they know me as a you know a very um, you know prominent new Democrat in the area, but also have some un understanding of the energy mix very much in current Bruce because we are the absolutely the energy center 
for for Ontario. So we not only have nuclear and Bruce Power, but we also we also have um, many wind farms and solar farms. And so try and you know give them a sense of here in Bruce and, and the, the energy that is actually um, produced in this part of Ontario to power the rest of the province. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite amazing when you think how much energy comes out of our little area for the province. Yeah. You know, like Bruce Power alone is over 30%, like over one yes. third of the power mm -hmm. for the whole, like it's kind of mind boggling when you think about it. Yeah. And he, and just to let you know that Jagmeet Singh had never been in an, at, at a nuclear power plant and he was actually quite positive about it. So, you know, it's a really good thing that Bruce Power, you know, they, they um, you know, especially, you know, they, they want to make sure that all uh, MPPs and, uh, you know, are aware of the successes of, of nuclear power in, in Ontario and, and to actually see a plant. Afterwards, there was a meet and greet in our area. And I was quite amazed by such a diversity of people who, who worked at Bruce, who worked at Bruce Power, who came out to his meet and greet just to meet him. And he was quite impressed with Bruce Power. Uh, yeah, I feel like sometimes touring the plant actually does help to curb some of the anxieties around nuclear because I feel like what people vision in their head is very different mm -hmm. than to what the plant mm -hmm. actually is. I feel like it's actually a shame that we can't just let everybody <laughs> go and see what it looks like, you know, but it it is uh it is pretty crazy like it's it's so yeah. much it's so different than what I think a lot of people people equate like the Simpsons right with nuclear power and when they go and see the real plants it's like wow this is different like this is not what I thought it was well it yeah but I you know when they've done you know surveys you know and that's why I brought it up when they've done surveys across Ontario about what they you know you know think about nuclear nuclear power power and particularly Bruce Power does that is that there's over 60 or 70 percent always say they you know they support they don't know how you know nuclear power in Ontario obviously if you think about it 60 or 70 percent that also includes people who vote new democrat <laughs> yep yep um so yeah while we're on that topic of supporting nuclear power I know I know lately there's been a little bit of an anti-nuclear sentiments specifically surrounding uh, the proposed deep geological repository that South Bruce is one of the host communities left as a possibility. Um, yeah. So like, what do, you, what do you know about the DGR? I always like to kind of start with what someone knows about the project. I think about, well, it'd be around 2015. I actually um, did a, you could say an on-site tour, but although it wasn't really there, but of the low and intermediate uh, nuclear waste idea that was going to be uh, close to Bruce Power. So mm -hmm. I actually toured that and, and I, you know, and, and uh, you know, it was a simulation, right? Yeah. Um, and felt, so I felt like I was quite informed in terms of low in, in intermediate waste. And I also have, um, a, a good friend who worked in the the higher level of nuclear nuclear waste um, you could say group I'm, I'm, I'm not using the right word there and so I feel like I, I very much 
and became quite quite informed and but this has been my thoughts for a long time so first of all i'm going to say it again nuclear power is one of the great solutions to solve the climate crisis as nuclear produces no carbon emissions however as we all know it uses fuel and it's highly radioactive and remains a hazard to people and the environment essentially forever Currently, this used fuel already exists in our riding, as we know, and it's being safely stored on an interim basis at the Bruce Power site. Um, but Canadians, you know, because we're responsible, have been very clear that we want to see this generation take responsibility for this waste and not pass the challenge along to future generations. Having said that, the NWMO's approach requires it to be responsive to citizen involvement and input throughout the implementation and responded to changes in societal expectations and of course the technological technology advances and identify a willing host community for the DGR. We, we all know that it started out there were like 23 potential sites selected across Canada and that it's now been narrowed down to a you know to two final sites one is in south bruce and the other one is i believe ignis and that is based on safety and security um, the project will only move forward to an informed and willing host community this includes the involvement and the approval of the local municipal and indigenous communities and those local vo voices is must and will be heard and respected in decision-making of the DGR location. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot in there. Yep, I know, but I wanted to make sure that I got it all in there. So I very, I very uh, much um, believe that, you know, they, there, there's this process in place and that the two conditions is that the site itself had to be appropriate to you know bury that the nuclear waste in which is very deep and the other thing is that the you know is that the community had to be willing right and there would be a, some kind of consultation process that they would have to be a willing host and that really then depends on the municipality and that decision is going to be made in terms of site selection um, I believe by 2023. And so therefore, it's then up to the local municipal polity how they're going to basically seek, um, you could say, consent. Yeah, it's, and, that is an ongoing discussion here well, in South Bruce. And, and I realize that, but as a, a politician, I would not be putting weighing in on there. I would want to make sure that I ensure that the process unfolded as it should. So if it's a municipal decision, right, mm -hmm. I would be making sure that, you know, that that decision was made in an informed way, that it was a process that people were able to voice their opinions. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know, you know, from a, background is telling them what to do but I would right. want to make sure it's appropriate process and I guess I'm, I'm therefore now talking about governance yeah and I really understand <laughs> governance <laughs> it does it because gets to be pretty confusing I'm a, the whole a vice chair of a school board yeah you know and that's why I have some ideas about about governance and I you know I know that we often have you know at our board had to 
make what I call consent, you know, contentious decisions. And our, our process always has to be very transparent to the public. Yeah, well, and especially working with people's children, it, it uh, that's a whole, that's a whole yeah. different can of worms. It's yeah, it's always very touchy when you're well, dealing. We with have to. Well, and and that's true because I I represent you know a kids, but I also you know very much represent their families in in our communities. So right. when I say that I I you know so when when I I hear communities like um in say in the surrounding Teeswater area. And I know they have concerns, but first off, you know, we, none of us know which site is going to be the selected one, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that it, it then you want to make sure, you know, you, you know, want to make sure that there's a clear process and to, to see whether or not the community is willing. I've been pretty open and honest about my personal stance on the DGR. I, wholeheartedly mm -hmm. believe that DGRs are safe and that they're required, but I also want it specifically for spent fuel. I want it to go wherever it is deemed the safest option, whether that's Silver's yeah. Ignace or somewhere else they haven't investigated yep. yet. I want it to go where yep. it's safest. So I'm not married to a DGR in South Bruce, unlike what some people think I'm pushing it for here. Um, yeah our main stance here willing to listen is we want people to be open to the process and mm -hmm. willing to listen to the research and with an open mind i know we have a lot of people here who have already decided which is fine and that's not unusual in any kind of process as i said that happens at school boards too yeah. so i i think that um we have to recognize that this is a, an international type of thing going on. So there's other countries in the world that also have nuclear that are also going through, you know, you could say site selections in, in terms of, of finding places to, to deal with um, nuclear, nuclear waste. I think if anything, you know, maybe some of the things I've heard on the ground is that, oh, are they going to ship other nuclear waste here? So I think that there has to really be um, making quite clear what nuclear waste is going to do be put there. Yeah, and I think that is one of the benefits to the way the process is going right now, I believe, is that the municipality does hold a lot of cards in the fact mm -hmm. that we, we as a municipality can say, okay, we don't want foreign waste. We don't want, yeah. like, we can lay out the cards as to what we are, mm -hmm. excuse me, and are not willing to deal with in terms of the DGR, which I think is a really important not even just bargaining chip, but it's a very important piece of power the municipality does hold. We do have yeah. the opportunity to say that. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to touch on when you mentioned people being informed, especially with your experience with the nuclear um, industry. Like, how do you reconcile the misinformation that's being shared? Like, how, how do you balance that with respecting people's opinions, but also trying to ensure that misinformation is not being spread because I feel like that's an important part of this piece is that people make an informed decision and I feel like that's really mm -hmm. hard when we have a lot of misinformation being shared and, and that's really true so all you can really do you know and, and then thinking about it in terms of school board governance is to basically have information available that will say you know, this is, this is what we're saying. So I, I'm just going to use the 
example of, of say, them bringing in nuclear waste and is there any guarantee and maybe after the site is selected and we agree, whoever we are, right, and ever yep. how we come to that, that conclusion that they won't change um, to say the criteria of what kind of nuclear waste comes. So I think that, 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 for example, you would have, you know, I mean, what we did at our board is we always <laughs> posted quite, you know, you know, say questions and answers. So we yeah. often, you know, we we're always responding to all those questions and answers and made that very public and publicly accessible on the board, you know, board's website. And I think that's going to be the same process here. Yeah, because I feel like that's why this whole willing to listen thing started because there wasn't really anybody countering anything. And as a nuclear worker, it was like, disheartening is the wrong word, but some of the things being said was just so outlandish that I just couldn't sit here anymore <laughs> and not do anything. Yeah, and that's good. Um, and, and, and that's good. And that's gonna happen no matter what, right? Yeah. Um, it's where people you know, get their information from. So, my suggestion for throughout the whole process is to have information that's not only available at their, you know, official site, right? But yep. it's also to go on to different, you know, so, and I mean, and I, I obviously don't know this, but I would uh, hope that they're also, you know, have other social media where people get information from. Yeah, no, um, I agree. Multiple sources of information is always good, provided that they're sources reputable mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah well you know. yeah what i'm saying is that you know don't hesitate to use something like instagram right yeah. or you know i mean it, there's a certain uh, population that is on facebook right so use yeah. those different kinds of you know you could say social social media to just deal with you know questions and answers and facts did you know yeah, it's <laughs> the amount of social media out there right now is insane. Every time I turn around, it's this new social media thing. I can't even keep up. I know. But no, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me this morning. No problem. You have a great day. Thanks, you too. And good luck in the election. No problem. Have a good one. Bye now. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Mm -hmm.